You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football at sportingnews.com. Again, keep going to the site, check out all our updated rankings, uh, cheat sheets, look at the sleepers, busts, uh, value picks, everything is up there for your perusal and catch up really quickly and uh, hopefully you still have a few more drafts that you'll be on the clock for here before it all said and done before the uh, Thursday night opener of the Falcons and Eagles. So thanks so much if you're joining us as a listener here for the first time. We have some big changes coming up to the show, which are exciting to hear. So I can't wait to to, uh, get into that. And uh, we'll have a new lineup for the regular season there as well. Don't forget we have a new fantasy football show. We'll get... More details to you on that a little later. For now, we're going to continue our look at the final mock draft strategies that we're looking at. We went through rounds one through five. And in a, in a, as I wrote as part of my draft advice on Sporting News and uh, broke it down a little bit more here on a previous show, talking about the strategies. And one through five is a snapshot of uh, what you want to look at in your fantasy football drafts. So you're not looking just in that first round pick or your second round pick you're looking at the snapshot of the f- how how your first several picks are going to be kind of the core of your team i consider that the first five picks so a lot of instances we praise teams that had uh, two rbs and two wide receivers at least coming out of that and the fifth can be a bit of a wild, wild card i tend to look at my league if i have a flex there or a third wide receiver i want to get a running back or wide receiver there so I want to end up with some combination of five wide receiver and running backs. A few teams will have the tight end and a quarterback, but I think I'm going to be one of those players that hold up especially. So we were looking at the 12-team standard league. So speaking of tight end, this is probably a good spot as well as quarterback for the fifth round. I don't think about quarterback values or tight end values until the fifth round. It's a good time to target once you have the core. So once once the fifth round is done, you're you're now focused on the sixth round there. That's when you have your second to a third tier of tight ends. The first tier is probably going to be gone at this point with Rob Gronkowski, Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey. Some people are taking Jimmy Graham before the spot as well. With quarterbacks, you can expect mainly Aaron Rodgers and uh, Tom Brady to be gone before the spot Russell Wilson as well so there's a bit of a separation there with those guys Deshaun Watson is more in this range because of knee injury concerns so quarterbacks tight ends you're going to see that look here for me personally I don't think Wilson or Rogers should be way above this tier but that's the way it is those guys are going to go early so that means you can take advantage of that if you want the lead option here with a Newton or Wilson or Deshaun Watson or Brady or Breeze 
there's a good chance they fall to you. I think the second tier that you look at is uh, Greg Olson, Delaney Walker, and Evan Ingram at tight end. And that's how it kind of plays out. If you look at this round, you'll have some runs here created by that. But I'm still, if I if the quarterbacks are all bunched together, I'm looking for those running backs with upside. And uh, so that's basically what's going to dominate your sixth round for the most part. Some runs there at those positions. But this is a good time if you've already got that quarterback or tight end to zag a little bit when everyone is zigging and go for those uh, rookie running back values here or backs that... People are skeptical about veteran-wise. I think Royce Freeman and Rashad Penny are good spots here as uh, backs that are going to see a big role at some point. Uh, but then you have the Carlos Hyde and Peyton Barber, those type of guys that are looking at uh, initial roles there in a good rushing offense and getting good volume there with Hyde with the Browns and Barber there with the uh, Bucks. So in a lot of cases, you want those guys to be your RB3 flex because there are some questions. So if you have to pivot off of them, that's a good time to kind of target those type of players and as well as finding your wide receiver three. And this is why you want to might want to wait a little bit and have those running backs a little early as well so you have more clear-cut guys for the distance in terms of value. But when you look here at uh, wide receiver, you're looking at some number good number threes with a lot of upside. Cooper Cup, Will Fuller. Nelson Aguilar, Robbie Anderson, Sammy Watkins, Michael Crabtree, Julian Edelman when he comes back. I really like Calvin Benjamin as a sleeper, Devin Funches. So when you look at this sixth and seventh rounds, primo position to get your third wide receiver while you want to wait. Some very good values there. And I think the values only get better when you go down and down. But... I think this is where you want to target your third wide receiver in a three wide receiver league as much as you can. So I lean towards that that extra running back there early if you're going to go the three two route with your positions or take that luxury of the quarterback or tight end early. So that's how you have to kind of look at it because there's so much value here, and it's interesting that Edelman is going in a lot of drafts here in round seven and with Edelman you have to weigh the suspension but that gives you a bit of luxury you know you plug in Edelman he's going to be healthy when he comes back and be very productive there so it's a little easier to draft a guy like Edelman or a few rounds earlier Mark Ingram when you know they're going to be healthy and a big part of their offense immediately versus some of these guys even that they're available and not suspended for the first four games you're not quite sure what their role is at least with the Ingram and Edelman taking those chances that you're set up there if you can survive the first four games and it's not an injury. So that always uh, changes your thinking there. Now, when you go into the uh, seventh round, <coughs> you can expect a lot of uh, wide receivers off the board of that good value. So I'm going to wait there. And then when you switch there, out of this round, you're going to look for guys that are undervalued. A lot of good undervalued players with upside that go into the eighth round that you're going to look at. So I'm looking at guys that are like David Njoku and Trey Burton, really hot tight end sleepers who could be really nice tight end ones for you. Sterling Shepard being undervalued there as well at wide receiver. And then you take parts of timeshares here with Sonny Michelle, Jamal Williams, some younger backs there, Isaiah Crowell. So 
you look overall and kind of if you play it out, if you want to script your picks, I think you go RB1 in most cases the first round, wide receiver 1, RB2, come back with probably a wide receiver 2, go RB3 or wide receiver 3 in the next round, or QB1, TE1, and then you come back around and then you start to develop your depth and the back end of your lineup. Give yourself options at that third wide receiver or flex or third running back. You want to build the depth at running back as much as you can, but don't want to ignore wide receiver either when the values are there. So all things you have to keep in mind in that part of the draft here. And I just really like the wide receiver three values and the starting tight end values. If you wait into this portion, rounds six through eight especially, and you can still keep waiting on a quarterback. When in doubt, do not go quarterback and pivot off that because it's going to be so close between a whole bunch of guys there this season. And you want to mix as well. Like if you have some solid performers early, this is the time to take a few chances. Uh, go for the upside guys more than the downside. A good example is if you're going to go Jordy Nelson, I'd rather go for guy in a new offense like Sterling Shepard that's going to go upwards or Devin Funches who's got some weapons around him now in Carolina to take the pressure off or Robbie Anderson who could be a big time number one for the Jets continue that there with a pretty good passing game either with Josh McCown or Sam Darnold so Jamal Williams falls into that Sonny Michelle I always think upside over guys like Isaiah Crowell which you're just going to plug in there and you know it's going to be limited value for sure overall so upside 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 is what you want to do once you've got some solid guys that you know about and their values uh, this is a good time to just really let it rip on the upside now there's a lot of upside in uh, diving into the nfl action this season ever since i started this podcast people have been asking me for advice it's usually on what team you should bet on this week you don't always know who's going to win but if you think you know and you want to put your knowledge to the test you got to check out my bookie remember who you're betting on is one thing but you also want to bet in the right place to take advantage of the best payouts and that's why i always tell people to bet with my bookie trust me they're your best bet this season they've been in this business for years have great reviews online and their mobile site is easy to use Lay down some cash and win big today. And if you go to my bookie, you win, you're going to get paid pretty quickly. And that's the best part. They have live in-game betting, most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy football players, you can bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. So even fun side games as well there at my bookie. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's right, the promo code locked on. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus money. My bookie, you win, you get paid. My bookie. Now let's continue with our look at the back middle rounds of the draft. We went through round six through eight here. In general, we're we're going to work our way till ten. A lot of good stuff to think about in rounds nine and ten here. With 
Rounds nine, I'm starting to notice that when you get there, and this is about the uh, 96 uh, to about 108 in your draft here, the quarterback values, this is where I'm kind of targeting really the quarterback. You can have other people are going to make the run and get, try to get that one tier, but this is the tier that I'm kind of targeting overall. Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, you got to make sure you have a good backup because of the situation early. Jared Goff, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo. I want a piece of someone in this group for sure as much as I can. Maybe even a couple of these guys. You can make that pivot where you have a pretty good streaming situation going forward, going week to week, playing the matchup. So this is where I go in, thinking about my first quarterback more and more at this value spot. I think that's what lines up there. And right behind these guys, I look at uh, Marcus Mariota, Matthew Stafford, Philip Rivers as well. So that's a big chunk of guys with all QB1 type potential. And keep in mind, QB1 we define as 1 through 12 here in the who finish finally in that scoring. But in the end, you're looking more at uh, the points per game. Are you getting 18 to 20 from these guys? So there's a chance that there's more than got that 12 group that puts you that 18 to 20 point range on a consistent basis in leagues where you get six points passing touchdown. So that's what you're looking at, that it's not necessarily always the same where these amount of guys are going to get to this level and everyone else is going to be under them. Sometimes the strength of the position is very high where you can find a lot of values that are very similar and go deeper and deeper. And quarterback, I feel like, that position has never been quite this deep this year. With with tight end, it's a little different, the other position you wait on. Because if you get too deep, then you have some question marks there. So this Njuku Burton kind of upside uh, breakout sleeper type tier. I really like Eric Ebron and, the, and guys like that that are going to be involved more. But you really drop off because Ebron, we're not sure of the usage versus Jack Doyle. Then you get into... Jordan Reed there that you're having to reach for. Cameron Braid is sw splitting this work there with O.J. Howard there in, uh, in Tampa. So you start to get into these more questionable, older, not sure tight end roles. So you want to kind of avoid that, and that's why I think you look way at do you want to bite on that tight end first or bite on that quarterback first? I think it still comes down to tight end because of a – that has a little bit of scarcity. I think you're more doing a shot deeper. That's why we say wait till late. So if, you, if you're if you not into that Burton and Joku situation, they're right on the cusp, then you might as well wait. But I think you want to make sure that you don't totally get shut out of a potential tight end one there and you're really reaching and hoping with that position. So, again, the waiting game is going to be played by almost everybody at tight end and quarterback. But... I think the way things have played out with the values, quarterback still is going to have a lot more left than tight end. Now, I think this is also a good spot when you look at backs on one side, young backs with upside on either side of the equation, whether they're a starter now or they're young. I see the Chris Carson, uh, Rashad Penny situation. You look at on Johnson in that mix with LeGarrette Blunt as well. Mentioned Sonny Michelle goes a little bit before these guys, but then you have a uh, Nick Chubb as well could cut into role with Carlos Hyde. So 
Chris Thompson, another guy that's having a good steam there with the Redskins, given all their injuries in front, and Adrian Peterson being their best back. They love Thompson. He's healthy, good to go as well there. So, again, a lot of good wide receiver values if you keep going and you don't want to go in that direction with the uh, quarterback or tight end. If you were taking care of that, you can still find a wide receiver three. I think if Jamison Crowder is going to be busy there in Washington, I think John Brown could actually outpoint Michael Crabtree in Baltimore as well. And then Tyler Lockett, not many people are talking about him, but Doug Baldwin is a little older, and he's uh, got a knee injury that he's admittedly being uh, looking at as lingering for him all season. So when you weigh all that, I think you have to uh, look at these other receivers, the pivots of uh, these number two receivers who can more perform like number ones on their own team. And a lot of that always gets overlooked every single year. Now, how do you determine which quarterbacks you go after? Well, I think Luck and Ryan are probably gaining a little bit more steam there because of some of the weaponry. I really like Luck because Indianapolis' schedule is rather favorable outside of the two Jacksonville games. And they're going to have to throw their defense still having a lot of issues. The Falcons... I think part of Matt Ryan's issue is that they can run the ball, play very good defense, where the Colts can't do that as much. And Ben Roethlisberger has the keys to an explosive offense as well as Kirk Cousins there, and that's why they're ranked a little bit ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, who does have a tough schedule where he has to face the Vikings and uh, some traps there for the 49ers. So I really like Jimmy Garoppolo, the player, but I'm going to be just very careful about uh, diving in too headfirst to him this season there quarterback so that's how it kind of breaks down in that that realm for you but again no matter how you slice it here you're going to end up with a pretty solid starting quarterback if you wait here in that uh, round nine through ten ten range even but eight through nine you can still do that and uh, come away with a very good value there so those are all the things you weigh with these particular picks there just keep waiting and you always want to be looking a few rounds ahead and kind of script your picks that's something i like to do at least to the first five but i then i go deeper than 10 i'll just say when do i want to go to a certain position and i think another thing you can look at is defense how early is it to take the jaguars i don't think it's too crazy to take the jaguars in a 12 team league around the ninth round because we have one that's standout, dominant, and I look at the Jaguars. They're one of those defenses where they're just special, and dominate for you. They were a big-time scorer. They're almost like having an RB2 in your lineup every single week with some of the production they have. So it's hard to recommend reaching on a defense that high, but when you look at it, you have Jacksonville, and then pretty much there's no real defense worth your time until three or four rounds later. So... Jacksonville gave a lot of teams a big edge. I had them last year, kind of took them as a flyer. I just like them with their makeup and big-time dividends in two leagues I was in. They're a weapon that really saved me because I went for a quarterback early in one league, went for a wide receiver run early, and that was a little hurting at number two back, but the Jaguars served as my number two back, leaving me to just get defense-like production out of my actual number two back. So all things... You're considering you're just trying to put together the best team of points all around, and uh, it's really uh, 
wing, all that, the opportunity cost of taking one player in one round versus the next. Well, the best thing uh, coming up here on uh, Locked on NFL, one of the best sister shows on the network. We have plenty of good ones, but our national show with Matt Williamson has a brand new, brand new lineup as he goes to the Locked on NFL of experts. He's got uh, the local experts on the biggest stories, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfels, and ESPN analyst Mike Sando as well. So great, great lineup there. We're going to have a similar lineup here coming up. And uh, don't forget uh, our other show, um, Fantasy Football on the Network, Locked on Fantasy Football 24-7. It's the latest tra- trends, updates, roster moves, and the injury News you need to know from Ethan Turner to get you the edge on a weekly basis. The news and notes type show. And another welcome addition to the Locked On Network. So we'll close here on our looks at rounds 6 through 10 in the strategy. We kind of were more specific with players in our breakdown of rounds 1 through 5 with the core. But here I think... You don't really go to script. We analyze a specific mock draft, but I think every mock draft is going to be very different after those first five rounds. You'll see a lot of things fall in line. So this is where you don't worry about reaching or any of that kind of stuff based on the rankings. Don't just be attached to your cheat sheet. Go after guys aggressively that you like and don't take guys just because you're settling for it and have no interest in them at all. Be aggressive. You look at the Jaguars' defense. That's a good example. Don't worry what about people think about what will other people in my draft think about this particular pick. You don't care about that. You only care about winning and uh, putting together the best possible team. And that's why you always have to stay open-minded with all these rounds, all the way through uh, around the 120th pick, which is the end of the 10th round there in 12-team leagues that I look at. So. Again, if you think that uh, you're going to get more value from a Bilal Powell instead of a Isaiah Corral and you just like Powell and the Jets offense more, go for it. It's just the way you have to think. Be aggressive. Go for the upside here and go for the guy that you trust most in the situation and pick talent over situation in a lot of cases. So that's all the things you have to keep in mind when you're uh, drafting in rounds 6 through 10. Be aware of the runs. See who, who has a quarterback, who doesn't. See how long you can wait on a quarterback. See if you can wait longer there. Tight end, don't wait too long where you lose out on uh, the guys with the biggest upside and end up with more committee-type guys. And wide receiver three, values galore. And uh, running back, potential flex options as well if you wait. So the good news about this season, it's a lot of depth in fantasy football. You know, more higher scoring games, I think, overall in the head-to-head leagues and the DFS and all that. So it should be very exciting. And uh, 6 through 10, again, 1 through 5 is the core, but 6 through 10, you're going to find maybe one or two guys that can put you over the top on a weekly basis there in that realm for sure. So there you have it. There's Locked on Fantasy Football. Your latest mock draft analysis continues. We'll... Come back tomorrow with a look at the draft strategies there in the final rounds of your draft, 11 through 17, and seeing what you have to be thinking there as well. In uh, Filling the back end of your roster, what you should keep in mind and uh, what you need to do. 
We will break that down for you. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time.